0: you, Church, blessings to you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's wonderful to be worshiping our risen Lord Jesus together. This morning, we're concluding our whole disciples series. And as you can see, we're going to be focusing on service today from 1 Peter 4. So you can start opening your copy of God's word to 1 Peter 4. And it's going to take a bit of time before we get into the text, but just hang in there. There's a purpose behind it. Remember what we're learning so far, right? A whole disciple is just kind of our unique Parkview language of just talking about an ordinary, normal Christian person who's been rescued from their sin through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and now wants to live their life, all of their life, all for Christ, the whole, the entirety of their lives for Jesus, okay? Someone who's growing into maturity, into the likeness of Jesus, his character, his purpose. Loving Christ, living for Christ, learning Christ. That's what a whole disciple is, okay? In the series summary, right, we learn first, gathering. we come together as God's people because we are a family. We love worshiping our Heavenly Father through Christ the Son by the power of the Spirit. And every Sunday we do that. This, uh, we come together. We, we relearn how wonderful Jesus is because we simply forget every week then after that, right, we devote ourselves to God's Word, the Bible, because it takes, as I've heard one theologian put it, it takes a whole Bible to create a whole Christian, because it's the whole Bible that presents to us Jesus, and we need the entirety of Scripture, the authoritative, perfect Word of God to form us, and then we move then to prayer. God speaks to us through His Word, and we respond to our fathers, we listen to Him, and we speak back to Him in prayer. And he forms us and makes us into whole disciples and then empowers us through prayer to go into the world and make disciples. Sunday morning, Bible, prayer. And this morning we're looking at serving, specifically serving in the church. Now next week begins the book of Acts. Hooray! Can't wait for that. That's going to be amazing. And the book of Acts really, in many ways, is about the gospel going outward from the church into the world, okay? The posture of the church serving the world and blessing the world in the name of Jesus. But this morning, we're thinking about serving one another, creating a culture of beauty and love in how we treat and respect and serve one another. Because as I grew up as a kid, I don't know if you uh, had experience like this, okay? I had a great home life, and so because my home life is great, I wanted to invite my friends into my home, okay? Great parents, wonderful brother, just love being at home, want to bring my friends home. Oftentimes, sadly, if home life is not that great, you don't want your friends to come home with you. And so kind of the logic of the New Testament is that, in a sense, we need to put our house in order as a church— and develop and cultivate loving relationships of respect and gentleness and kindness and dignity so that as we go out with the gospel and people repent and receive Christ and walk with Jesus, we're welcoming them into something here that's actually beautifying and wonderful, because if it is not, then what are we bringing them into if they're not seeing and tasting and kind of feeling what Jesus is actually like in the church? And that's why we focus this morning on serving one another in the church. Now, before we start with that and go to 1 Peter, I want to do something kind of uh, unique. If, if you've ever, uh, as a kid, I used to order those, I think they're called highlights magazines. And what I remember, there was always this maze, right? You take your pencil, you start at the beginning, go to the end in a maze, and there's always that like wall. You get blocked, like, ah, go backwards, you know, and scribble and go like that. You know, what I'm talking about those mazes, right? Well, for supreme success in those mazes, what do you do? You start at the end. You start at the end, and you kind of work backwards to the beginning. So we're sort of going to do that real quick, eh? okay? So, I want you to look uh, in the seat back pocket. There is a card that looks exactly like this. It says, Get involved. Okay, I want you to pull out this card right now. I'm hoping I should see every human in this place with a card in their hand. Okay? We're going to start at the end. Okay? I'm going to show you my card, so to speak, or show the cards of the longing for every staff member, pastor, and elder. Is that we would become a church that more and more of us get more involved with what the Lord is doing here? in this church. Now again, here's the thing, right? This is not the only way you can serve, okay, but right now these are kind of the four areas that as leadership team we have decided these are kind of the key areas right now we need to emphasize in terms of people helping out and getting involved. Okay. And so kind of real quick, let's go through this, right? The first one, hospitality, right? You can be a greeter, connect center, coffee, right? Hospitality team is basically, just like Jesus has welcomed us, you're responsible, on Sunday mornings especially, to create an atmosphere here Well, if anyone new or even regular attenders come in, there's a cheerful, loving face greeting them and welcoming them, okay, the the hospitality team. Second, the kids' men, okay? There's all these different, you know, check-in, liaison, nursery, pre-K, launch, unite, okay? There's, in one sense, to think about kids' ministry, there's one-time events, oftentimes focused on outreach, like Walk with Jesus or VBS, that you can volunteer with, kind of devote your efforts one time a year, or there's kind of the regular Sunday ministry here, okay? Kids ministry, right? Partnering with parents to help our kids grow up in Jesus. Third, we got production team, okay? Brandon, wonderful new technical director, is leading this team, and I love his heart to see more and more people uh, just engage in volunteers, right? There's audio needs and lighting needs and projection and camera, right? The projection, the product, production team it simply exists to create an atmosphere here that helps us and promotes An environment where we can worship the Lord together. Then, lastly, there's a music team, right? Singer, uh, instrumentalist, okay? Maybe you can tickle the ivories and you want to put that down there. Uh, Or you can sing or whatever, okay? There's all these ways that you can get involved, all right? And our expectation and longing as pastors and staff and elders is to see more and more of us involved using our gifts to serve the church. But here's the deal, okay? Let's get honest. The moment I said today is about service. We need volunteers. We need help. Many of us probably are already falling asleep or rolling our eyes or kind of just checking out, disengaged, because oftentimes in the church, especially from leadership, I am guilty of this as a pastor. The underlying message of a sermon like this becomes, one, our church is struggling. Two, we need help. Three, stop being lazy. Four, do more for Jesus, get your act together, and then hear a bunch of stats of most churches in America where 90% of the work is done by 10% of the people, and we don't want to be a church like that, so won't you do something and get in line and help out? Now, if we're honest, how many of you in your life outside of church— I'm not talking about church life here— outside of church, how many of you have actually changed your lifestyle, the way you lived— because someone threatened you or challenged you or shamed you into modifying your behavior. I mean, for me personally, I quit high school basketball for a year because I had coaches that would threaten me and shame me into becoming a better basketball player. Okay? I was like, I, no more of this funny business for me. I'm not doing this thing anymore. Okay? We all operate like that as humans. Change primarily happens when we are wooed and compelled by something beautiful. So there's two possibilities for this sermon from this point forward that I could preach, okay? And then I got this from uh, Pastor Ray Orland. I could preach a should sermon this morning, okay? You should get involved. This church needs help. These are the areas you need to do something about. And if you want to be a good Christian, you should do something. I could preach a should sermon this morning. Or, I could preach a can sermon. A can sermon. Not a canned sermon. Okay, I don't have a can up here that I'm going to, woo canned sermon. A, a canned sermon. Meaning, because of Jesus Christ and the glorious resources that we already have in Jesus right now, you can participate and be a part of the greatest adventure in the history of the universe of helping other men and women in this church become the fullness of who they should become in Jesus Christ. You can get involved. There's an opportunity and God is already working right now in Jesus Christ by the power of the Spirit in this church. And you can either choose boredom and misery, or have a ton of fun and give your life to the greatest, most wonderful enterprise any human could give themselves to, which is being a part of building a healthy church. Because healthy, growing, vibrant churches are a testimony to a real living Jesus who is reigning over all things in history right now and blessing his church with gifts every single one of us having them to be used for his glory, should or can. Which one do you want me to preach? Thank you. I'm going to preach a canned sermon, okay? (laughs) Not a canned sermon, okay? Now, let me put it as as an illustration. A pastor friend of mine came up with this. I think it's really helpful, okay? Imagine a kid waking up. It's January 13th, a few days ago, and a massive snowstorm dumped. Two feet of snow. It wasn't two feet this time. It sure felt like it, okay? I have a new homeowner. Woof, okay? Wow, scooping snow. What a miserable thing, okay? Kid waking up, January 13th, massive snowstorm, and he hears his dad from downstairs say, son, you should get down here and grab a shovel. Or imagine a kid waking up. It's not January 13th. It's December 25th and a massive pile of gifts have been dumped around a tree. And he hears from downstairs his dad call up and say, son, you can get down here and start opening presents. Now, which kid do you think is going to have a joyful smile on his face that day? You see, First Peter 4, and here we are moving into the text. 1 Peter 4 is in the Bible to encourage struggling, suffering Christian just like us First century, they're persecuted, they're experiencing oppression because they're choosing to follow the way of Jesus, and they're suffering in difficulty, and Peter writes to encourage the church that through Jesus Christ, God the Father is glorified as every single one of us uses the gift that God has given to you by his grace to bless and build up this church, okay? So here's the point. If you walk away with one thing from this sermon, here it is. Because of Jesus, because of Jesus, whole disciples at Parkview can glorify God by serving the church. Because of Jesus, you and I can glorify God by serving the church. That's what it's all about. That's what 1 Peter 4 is all about. And I'll just, I, want, I want to prove that to you, okay? And so again, throughout, we're going to be lifting up this card, and I hope we're, you're filling out even in the middle of the sermon at the end. We're going to spend a few moments filling this out. But, but I want you not to miss what this represents. Is simply an application of God speaking to his people through Jesus Christ from his word that you can get involved in what the Lord is doing to bless this church into the fullness of who Jesus is. So let's read the text, okay? 1 Peter 4, starting in verse 8. Please hear now God's word for his beloved people. Above all, keep, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it, to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. This is God's word. It is true, and it's given to us in love. Because we can serve him. Let's pray. Father, we want you to be faithful to the promise of your word that you will glorify your son by the power of your spirit in your church. And so, what we're asking is that you would do that. And as right now in your uh, chair there, as you sit, please spend a few moments just opening your heart afresh to the Lord, asking him to speak to you and open up the possibility of you serving Christ in this church. Spend a few moments right now praying. Father, help us listen to all that you speak, joyfully obey all that you command and love, all that you cherish for the sake of your Son, Jesus. Amen. So remember, should or can, January 13th, Snow Shovel, December 25th, Christmas gifts. Whole disciples can glorify God by serving the church. Now let's focus our attention on the last part of verse 11. There's two primary categories in this text. First is the glory of God. Second is serving the church. Let's look at the glory of God, the last part of verse 11. This is the core motivation of this entire passage. Notice the words very carefully, Parkview. In order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to him belongs glory. Forever In everything a church does, verse 11, God's word is saying to us, in everything a church does, the primary target is the glory of God. Now, no shocker there, right? If you've been around the Bible for more than 15 minutes, you realize the glory of God is the whole point, right? God's passion, his number one task item on his Google task list is more and more people seeing how beautiful and worthy and precious and marvelous He is, because God is in pursuit of your joy, and your joy increases the more you see Jesus and love Jesus and cherish Jesus and obey Jesus. God's glory, but notice in verse 11 how a church glorifies God. A short phrase, right? Through Jesus Christ, to him already belongs glory. So the logic here is as a local church right now, according to God's word, we already have the infinitely sufficient resources of Almighty God above through Jesus Christ, His Son. He has given to us His most precious, His most valuable, His most expensive, we might say, most costly gift, His own precious Son. And in Jesus, we have everything we need in order to glorify Him. If you and I were going to take a trek up Mount Everest, which many would probably think is one of the greatest adventures possible for a human being right now, you would need, to accomplish this, the best resources, the very best. You would go out and go kind of all out and buy the very best. You're not going to have a tattered, kind of, you know, messed up, ripped raincoat from ninth grade or whatever, okay? That's not going to work on Mount Everest, Got to have the best. And so making disciples and serving the church is hands down the greatest adventure that you and I could possibly be a part of. And God himself has resourced us with the very best thing we need to accomplish this journey, his precious dear son. Through Jesus Christ, verse 11 saying, God is glorified in his church. Now if we miss, this is why it's important. If we miss this very point, if verse 11 was ripped out of the Bible and thrown in the trash can, okay, two things happen. Either one, a disengaged laziness where we just don't really care because as humans created for, the, for God's glory, if we are not motivated by that, we will simply just step aside and just wash our hands of responsibility for other people because it's burdensome and it causes sacrifice. And Netflix, honestly, is lots of fun. So who wants to get involved? Or, on the other hand, if we forget the glory of God that's already given to us in Jesus Christ, not only selfish laziness on the one hand, the other hand is a self-satisfied pride. Look at me, I'm serving. Look at me, I'm sacrificing But I'm really doing good things here. And I love the approval of man. And I love when people celebrate how much I serve Jesus, right? In the Gospels, haven't you noticed one of the key things Jesus warns against over and over again is hypocrisy? Matthew six, doing your righteousness before others to be seen by others, that's the other danger here. If you rip out the glory of God as the primary focus of a local church through Jesus Christ, you either get selfish selfish laziness, disengaged, don't really care, or you get self-satisfied pride, and both are miserable, and both result in other people getting harmed, and no one has fun. I don't want that, and you don't want that. And so that's why verse 11 says, God is glorified through Jesus Christ in the church. Now, let's transition to look at what specifically then, what specifically glorifies God. And that's the rest of our time is in verses 8, 9, 10, and 11. We see that there are specific actions or commitments that should be on the screen. Four commitments or four actions of whole disciples. Well, maybe not. Anyways, here they are. One, loving earnestly, verse eight. Two, welcome cheerfully, verse nine. Three, speaking biblically, aha, there it is, verse 11, and serving powerfully, verse 11. So first, let's look at loving earnestly, right? These are the activities or the commitments that whole disciples make that glorify God, that we can, we can get involved. Verse eight says that we are to love earnestly, Above all things, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers over a multitude of sins. Notice that in verse 8, it doesn't say love covers up a multitude of sins. Now, we have all heard stories, and sadly some of us even here at different experiences in churches have seen it when those in power in Christian churches cover up sin. Verse 8 is not saying that. Verse 8 is saying Uh, Love that covers a multitude of sin. Uh, In other places in the New Testament, the focus of this covering is a forgiveness. And C.S. Lewis says it so helpfully. He says, in the Christian church, we are to forgive the inexcusable in others because Jesus Christ has forgiven the inexcusable in us. That is the love that covers over sin. But notice the word that this week got me so excited. Verse 8, the word keep. You see that above all, keep loving earnestly. If I'm at a campfire and I'm told, hey, wait, keep the fire going, what does that assume? It assumes the fire has already started. And so here is Peter talking to the struggling church, and he just says, hey, keep, maintain, keep on going that love that Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, has already lit in your church community. Keep it up. Keep loving. And, and we could right now just spend a few moments thinking about that. Do you know right now that we are loving and we are to keep loving as a church? Kids, men, volunteers every Sunday are loving our kids by teaching them the Bible. Keep loving earnestly. Mike DeWard at a recent PSM staff meeting, uh, he did foot washing. Oof, not a huge fan of foot washing, okay? Yikes. But we did it, and you know what? It was wonderful, and Mike said this. At PSM, let's work the hardest to love the best. I love that. That's loving earnestly. Keep loving earnestly, okay? College students, our college leaders every week, invite their friends to learn about Jesus from the Bible. That's what love does. Keep loving earnestly. Deacons, Joella Gerber and Shay Lowry, I've seen them help and support the men's breakfast and setting up behind the scenes so that men can come together to learn about Jesus. That's love. Keep loving earnestly. Andrea and Audrey, they have helped women gather together and to make disciples and to help each other grow in Christ. That is love. Keep loving earnestly. Elders, I've seen Scott Eberly. There he is. Every Sunday, if you notice, Scott, our elders, out there just welcoming people, loving them. That's loving earnestly. Community group members, okay? Uh, Trey and Shay Lowry, their group, uh, they kind of spent some time with family for a while, and their community group went to their house and kind of put things in order in their house and filled their fridge with food and just loved them. That is earnest love. Parkview Church, do you know right now that Jesus is already expressing his love in us and through us, and so the whole thing we must do is keep the fire going. Keep loving earnestly because the reality is in any local church, there's going to be a multitude of sins. We are going to disappoint each other. We are going to hurt each other. We are going to sin against each other. And the solution to that is love, an earnest love that the Holy Spirit pours the love of Jesus in our hearts. And then we express that love to one another, forgiving, caring, serving one another. Okay, because of Jesus, we can, we can glorify God by serving his church. The second commitment, the first one is love, the second is welcoming. Verse 9, look with me, right? It says, show hospitality to one another. Okay, hospitality. Hospitals exist for healing and mending hurting and broken people. And the church of Jesus Christ is to be the hospitality place on earth. The most loveliest place on earth where the most ruined and broken and shame-filled, sinning people can come inside these doors and by the mercy of Jesus Christ, learn how to rebuild their lives in dignity and hope again. Many of us have experienced that through Parkview. And it says that, verse 9, it says that we are to show hospitality without grumbling. I know that I've had a setup for different community groups before, community groups coming into our house. And uh, there's just that low-level complaining that afternoon of, why does Haddon need to have 50 million toys? And why do we have to clean? And, you know, just that kind of that low, just that griping. But the way of the Christian church is not griping about helping other people. It is about cheerfully and joyfully embracing our brothers and sisters in Christ, especially those who need mending and healing in Jesus Christ. Because isn't that what Jesus has done to us? Think about it. In all of your broken, insane, crazy sin, and there's nothing more insane than sinning against a lovely, beautiful God. Jesus Christ has gladly reached out to you and welcomed you into the deepest part of his heart. He loves doing that. Jesus Christ enjoys forgiving people. Jesus Christ is happy in healing the broken. Jesus Christ is the most hospitable person in the universe. And we as a church can joyfully and cheerfully welcome people. Remember, we're talking about getting connected here, getting involved, right, serving the Lord. There's a hospitality team, and that's what the hospitality team does. It looks at verse nine, and in a sense, puts verse nine with skin on, and walks around here on Sunday morning, cheerfully welcoming people, because most of our weeks are filled with such suffering and misery, and Sunday morning should be the place where we can kind of Rethink our lives at the deepest level because of the mercy of Jesus Christ. You know, the one person who does this and who's just a living example of this is Christine Bellamy. Christine, I don't know, I think she might be there in the atrium. You are such a marvelous, wonderful woman. There's the red light. And uh, a woman worthy of honor. You are here early every Sunday and you cheer. Haven't you all been so uh, amazed? She's so cheerful. She's so vibrant with the love of Jesus Christ, and she welcomes people. Every Sunday, even when it's negative one million degrees, she's there outdoors. Shocker to me, okay? I'm never gonna do that, but she does. You know why? Because deep in her heart, she understands how much Jesus Christ has loved and welcomed her. And so here's the question, okay? You can get involved and get connected. The question is this. Who wouldn't want to be on the same team as Christine Bellamy? And there's an already There's a guaranteed win right there, okay? That's what the hospitality team does. We love you, Christine. You're a wonderful woman, okay? So we love, we welcome cheerfully, and then there's two more things, right? We speak and we serve. Now, verse 10 to 11, there's a change in the passage. There's kind of a shift, right? Peter goes from saying love, welcome, and then he talks about these gifts. Verse 10, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. Okay. So there's two things to notice. One is that for the church to continue, for Parkview to be a success, for Parkview to become healthy, for Parkview to win, whatever the language you wanna put, okay, is not, according to verse 10 and 11, it's not fundamentally and primarily up to humans getting together and creating clever, wonderful plans, as helpful and wonderful as planning is. And strategic planning must happen in any good church. But fundamentally, the success of a healthy church, according to the Bible, in verse 10 through 11, is not humans. Who is it? It's God, isn't it? Because in verse 10, God gives gifts, and then verse 11, what do we do with those gifts? We do two things, primarily. We spiritually help others be encouraged by speaking whose word? Human words? God's word. And then we serve in our own strength so that we can become more and more exhausted as we help people, right? No, we serve in the strength that God supplies. So it's God's word being spoken. It's God's power supplying God's people in service because the church is God's invention and it's his responsibility fundamentally to make sure it thrives and grows in wholeness in Christ. And once we understand that, then speaking God's word and serving in God's power becomes a joy because we're back to where we started, which is God's passion to glorify himself through Jesus Christ in the church. And he's so invested in that, he'll give his own word to us fumbling, struggling people to speak it from our lips. What are we doing as humans speaking God's holy, precious word from our lips to each other? What? But that's what happens in the church. That's how wonderful and kind and good God is. And who are we in all of our busy, crazy exhaustion of our modern lives to be serving in God's strength? What? But that's how good God is. And that's how much he loves us. So we don't have to live miserable lives of purposeless meaninglessness, which is only increasing in a modern contemporary culture that has no ultimate goal for life, the glory of God, and therefore no in the meantime purpose of caring for one another. Only in Christianity and in the gospel of Christ forming a local church do we have something that humans were actually created for all the way back in the Garden of Eden, which is loving fellowship with their creator and God the creator giving and instilling in his creation wonderful gifts to be used to bless the church, okay? And so we could just think of it very simply. In terms of speaking God's word, you know there's this thing that says kidsmen? Do you know every week what kidsmen is actually doing? They're speaking God's word to the next generation. Is there anything, Parkview Church, more important than that? To have our precious, wonderful, amazing kids hear about Jesus Christ every Sunday? They're not learning about Jesus on Netflix. But they can come to a church. And they can have people like Bonnie and Rhonda and Kenzie and their whole team. Week after week, speak the words of God to our kids. Who wouldn't want to be a part of that? And to think of a production team and a music team that is sacrificing and pouring out energy week after week to create an atmosphere here where we can come in the presence of the living Lord of the universe to sing to Him. Do you know how amazing it is to be a part of a local church? Do you know how much Jesus loves The local church, and do you realize how much Jesus loves you? To give you gifts so that you can be a part of the greatest adventure in the universe, of helping each other become the humans we were meant to be in Jesus. Brothers and sisters in Christ, being a Christian is the most marvelous thing in the world. And being a part of a Christian church is the greatest thing, isn't it? So, we're going to give you a few moments with the Lord. And maybe one of these four areas, you're like, "Ah, I don't know if that's me. That's fine. There's a fifth area a choose your own adventure story, number five of options. And maybe you say, one, two, four. I don't know, but I want to help. I want to be a part of the most exciting thing that Jesus Christ is doing in this world. And so would you just please put something on here? Because you know what? Jesus is worth it, and we can glorify God by serving the church of Christ. Let's pray. Father, we by your Holy Spirit, come before you and ask for you to open our hearts afresh to join in the most marvelous adventure of being a part of what you are doing to glorify your Son by the Holy Spirit through this church. Convince us and compel us for your glory. Amen.